When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tonight, Jags and Saints in New Orleans. Right now! Right now! Touchdown, Calvin Ridley. Guard downfield. Oh, hey, catch. Go out the finish now. The ball's picked off. That's Tyron Matthews. He will walk into the end zone. Ten, five, touchdown! Now fires toward the end zone. Back in the end zone. Caught for the touchdown! We're 2-0 going back to the U.S. Here comes pressure. Wide open. And that is going to be a touchdown. Let's go to Nolens, okay? The perfect spot to start week seven. Jaguars versus Saints in just a few hours. Look at Bourbon Street, ready to go. The Saints, two-point home favorites, by the way, there at the Superdome. What a scene, what a vibe. We love it. The music is great. It's got us in the right mood. What do we think that, like, that guitar-sounding instrument is? Well, it's not a band. It's a guitar. You think it's a guitar? Yeah, I mean, if it sounds like it's a guitar, RC. it looks it's like RC a guitar. Playing. It's RC playing. And it's playing. actually RC on the strings. Look at it. Get it. Can we just keep this rolling for the rest of the show? Welcome to NFL Live. You've seen Ryan Clark. You've seen Dan Orlovsky. Adam Schefter is with us for the hour. Uh, by the way, we're picking Saints-Jags later, and we don't agree. So find out who everyone's taking. Let's go to New Orleans, where Ed Werder is covering tonight's game. The biggest question, Ed, at the moment is the availability of Trevor Lawrence. You talked to Jags head coach Doug Peterson. What did he have to say? Yeah, Laura, the Jaguars have a starting quarterback expected to be playing through a knee injury, a short week road game against the Saints in a place they've never won. Jacksonville is 0-3 in the Superdome. And I did speak to Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson earlier today, and he believes Trevor Lawrence will start tonight against the Saints. That's pending a pregame workout that Peterson and the training staff will supervise before finalizing that decision and assumes there's no unforeseen setback with his sprained left knee. Peterson told me that Lawrence has steadily improved his health-wise, uh, definitely wants to play, and has been living in the training room, receiving treatment in the four days since he was injured. He's made 40 consecutive starts since being drafted first overall, never missing a game. Lawrence will probably be required to wear a protective knee brace and has some apprehension about that, I'm told, because it's something he's not experienced before. And Laura Peterson will call plays with the understanding his quarterback has some limitations regarding mobility, an important element that he brings with his ability to extend plays and move around to various launch points during the course of a game against a very difficult Saints defense. So don't be surprised if Peterson runs the ball a little bit more often to take some of the pressure off his injured quarterback. And, oh, by the way, one final thing. Uh, at Clemson, Lawrence went 34-2, and two, his two losses, both in the Superdome. And they do, Laura, believe in voodoo here. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird. I actually was at one of those losses. Rare to see him lose at all in college. Thanks to Ed for the latest there. Sounds like Trevor will at least get the chance to start tonight. We'll see if that knee brace or the knee at all hinders him. He struggled against man coverage, by the way, this season, ranking in the bottom five of the NFL in yards per attempt and touchdown to interception ratio. Assuming he plays, right, Lawrence will see plenty of man tonight against the Saints, who use it at the third highest rate in the NFL for good reason, okay? When playing man coverage, the Saints defense ranks top five in yards per attempt and touchdown to interception ratio. 
So uh, if we think about this, RC, if Lawrence is out there playing tonight on the injured knee, did the Jags need to alter their game plan as Ed was kind of alluding to there? Yeah, I think some of it has to be altered because an underrated part of what Trevor Lawrence is and what Trevor Lawrence can do is his ability to use his legs and extend yeah. plays, whether it's getting first downs by scrambling and running or getting outside of the pocket and creating other opportunities for his wideouts and running backs. So you have to start with the run game, start with the Travis ATNs and the Tank Bigsby's and then go outside and think about the quick game. Trevor Lawrence isn't one of these quarterbacks that entire being is predicated off of his ability to push the football down the field. He can read defenses and process, and he also has a guy in Doug Peterson that understands getting the football out of his hands quickly. I think that they'll protect Trevor Lawrence and also have to see how much he can move. Sometimes you get into the game, and once the adrenaline gets flowing, you can move a little bit, and if Trevor can do that, I believe Doug Peterson will adjust his game plan because of Trevor's ability to do a little more than they're expecting. RC, totally agree on the leg thing not only a strength of Trevor's but also a way to hurt this New Orleans Saints man defense scheme tonight is a Christian Kirk night if you're going to have success throwing the ball against this defense it has to be the slot guy now luckily for the Jags he's tremendous at it the patience and then the separation watch how both him and Calvin Ridley are at the basic same starting point you see how much slower he is off the line of scrimmage that's on purpose allow Ridley to clear the outside defender and then set that nickel defender so you can run away from him. This is very good patience and then separation from Christian Kirk. I got his name. I thought Calvin Ridley. <laughs> now here is at the bottom of the slot again. It's that very same look. He's going to let Ridley push vertical. Now the one at the top, that's the out route. He's trying to get that nickel, that slot defender to sink, think. Here comes that same slot out. So you get that guy to widen. The difference is he's going to slip and run the inside slant. And so I think because of the nuance in his route running, it's paramount that he become that guy tonight versus maybe an Alante Taylor. And the second thing I think is going to be really key for the Jags, those backs that RC mentioned in pass protection. This is one of the best blitzing linebacker units with Pete Werner and Demario Davis. They're going to be tested with picking up some of the unique pressures and picks from the Saints defense. Yeah, that Saints defense is veteran, and they know people think that they're old. They're motivated by that, and they yeah. come out flying around every single week. We're on this game all show long, so more coming, but time now for some top stories. With that, we welcome in Adam Schefter. A lot of quarterback injuries to follow this week. Take us through some of them. Adam, let's start with Deshaun Watson. Laura, his first practice since late September today. He was listed as limited in practice, but the fact that he was out there at all is a notable development as he tries to come back from the deep bruise in that rotator cuff. And if he can be out there again tomorrow, that would be an encouraging sign for his availability for Sunday's game. Again, he said yesterday he's not sure when he can play again. As for the Raiders quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, he will not play Sunday against the Chicago Bears. Hospitalized on Sunday, the Raiders wanted to run tests on his back and they've already made the decision that he's not going to play. They will rule him out tomorrow. They have not ruled him out yet, but he's not going to play, and they will turn to either the rookie Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer. Daniel Jones, limited to practice today, still has not been cleared for contact due to that neck injury. We'll see whether he gets that clearance in time to play Sunday's game against the Commanders. If he doesn't, Tyrod Taylor once again would start for the New York Giants, who will be without their starting guard, Shane Lemieux, who tore his biceps tendon 
placed on injury reserve, the latest blow to a mm. Giants offensive line that has had all kinds of moves and injuries and shakeups this year, a disappointing loss for the Giants. Yeah, man, uh, the hits keep on coming there. More from Adam later in the show. Let's get to another top story today. Devontae Adams expressed some frustrations with how he's being used in that Raiders offense. Sunday, he was an afterthought, okay? Only two receptions for 29 yards. Here's more from the star wideout about how he's feeling right now in Las Vegas. I'm sure people are thinking, like, you know, well, they won the game, they won the Packers game, you know, why is there an issue? I mean, you see why it's an issue. You, you know, y'all should know who I am, know what I'm about at this point. So it's not about, you know, when, when, you're, when you're a player like me, mentally, it's, the, my benchmark is not wins and losses, it's greatness. So when I go out there, I expect to be able to have that ability to put that on tape and have the, uh, an influence on the game. And that's, like I say every week, that's the, my purpose for being here. So if, I mean, if it don't look like it's supposed to look, then, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be frustrated. Yeah, we visited with Devontae a couple of years ago or a year or so ago, year, last yeah. year, right, um, before a, a Monday night football game, and he just kept talking about greatness. I mean, this is nothing new for him. Adam, what more can you tell us about this situation in Vegas? Look, he's frustrated right now with his diminished role in the offense. And, yeah, he's been nursing a shoulder injury, but they haven't gotten him the ball. And the way that he views it is the more they get him the ball, the better their chances are to win games and to have sustained success. He's not getting the ball. And so he believes it gives the team the best chance to win by getting the ball as often as possible, which hasn't happened the last couple of weeks. They've been fortunate enough to win, but Devontae Adams is making it very clear. He wants that football, and he wants to win. He wants both together, and we'll see if the Raiders can accommodate him starting Sunday against the Chicago Bears. I talked to Tay Adams earlier and just asked him about the comments and what they meant. He said, obviously, I'm not saying that winning games isn't important to me or that wins and losses isn't the reason why I play. But he says he plays for greatness, not only greatness within himself, but most importantly, greatness within his team. He wants to be a part of the team excelling. And I also understand this. There were times where I would walk away from games not having played my best, but we won as a team. And I was down on those days. I did feel like I needed to do more. I did feel like my preparation should have yielded a different level of success for me individually. Now, was I happy the scoreboard said the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the other team? Absolutely. But you want to be a part of that. You want to put your hand in the pile and contribute. And on the other side of that, this was, to me, like the most apparent thing that was coming this season, the most predictable thing. Jimmy G doesn't push the football down the field. Jimmy G is not a guy that's going to sit in the pocket hold the football and allow a guy like Dante like like Devontae Adams to work his stems his leverage and get into his routes that's why he's more of a Jacoby Myers guy with what Josh McDaniels does what Jimmy G does I saw this coming for a guy like Devontae Adams yeah one it shouldn't get to this with a player that is that great, it should not. We, we talked about this last year. Yeah. I remember the game against the Tennessee Titans when they would not even look his way versus certain coverages, and I was like, they should be looking directly to him. This is year two of this. That's number one. Number two, if it doesn't change or it doesn't get better, does it get to the point where Devontae Adams goes to them and says, I would like to be traded? Mm. 
That's all. It, it kind of feels like we're already getting close to that. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but you know, the other thing he told us last year was he just wanted a quarterback who was going to be there for a long time because he wants to be there a long time. The situation's not all that different than Justin Jefferson's in a way. It, it, they, they can't be tied to those places without knowing who the quarterback is long term. Right, not fair to them. RC, you had something quick? And the other, the other piece of it, the other piece of it is this too, though. Jimmy, they, they took a step down in talent and mm -hmm. arm talent and measurables and physicality of quarterback when they went from Jimmy went to Jimmy G away from Derek yep. Carr. This was predictable and now Josh McDaniels is not making the adjustments schematically to put the football in Devontae Adams' hands. If he just doesn't love Las Vegas, he should have already asked for a trade. Yeah, uh, the trade deadline is Halloween, so that's upcoming. We'll see if anything happens there. We're just getting started today on NFL Live as we get you ready for the start of Week 7. Hey, the Browns defense is off to a historic start this season. What makes them so great. Well, Dan and RC are going to hit the film together. You don't want to miss this. Plus, Shefty is sticking around with us for the rest of the show. Many teams down starting quarterbacks. He has the updates for who's in and who's out on Sunday. You need that for a variety of reasons. So get your fantasy team set. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Monday Night Football heads to Minnesota as Brock Purdy and the 5-1 49ers take on Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. It's at 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN Deportes. Peyton and Eli once again on ESPN2. Lots of news to get to today, and we're going to go right out to Adam Schefter for more on that. Some big 49ers names left Sunday's loss to Cleveland. Adam, what do we know about their health? Let's start with Christian McCaffrey. And let's start with this, Laura. It's Thursday for us, but it's Wednesday for the 49ers as they get ready for a Monday night game in their preparation. Saying that, Christian McCaffrey did not practice today due to that oblique injury. I was told that he is in better shape than they hoped he would be. There's a chance he's going to play on Monday night. They don't know how he's feeling yet. They have to see how he gets through the week. 
before they make a decision about his status on Monday night, but it's not out of the question he could be back. It's a similar situation with Debo Samuel and the shoulder injury that he sustained in the first quarter of last week's loss against the Cleveland Browns. Banged up that shoulder, not practicing today, considered day-to-day, has a chance to play Monday night, but they want to see how that shoulder will be doing later this week. And also, the same is true of Trent Williams, the great standout left tackle for the 49ers, day-to-day, ankle injury. Now, he was in a walking boot, so I think this one of all of them may be the most problematic. And let's also keep in mind that the 49ers, in relation to all these injuries, have the Bengals next week and then a bye. Mm. So somehow that bye may play in to this decision about whether to play one, two, or any of these players on Monday night. Are they better off pushing them, being aggressive, or letting, uh, kicking back, resting some of these guys with the bye coming up in a couple of weeks? We'll see how each of the guys feels as the week develops. Yeah, that's important strategy. Adam, you had me fooled there off the top. I thought something big was coming. You were just talking about the Wednesday versus the Thursday. Don't, it, it, don't do that. It's, it's, so, don't it's so hard to do Steph TV Steph. without Try to explain Adam. it. Try to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought you were breaking some news. If it makes any sense. I love it. All right. Time to read and react. <laughs> Let's talk about some sound from around the NFL this week. We start with Fred Warner, who talked about his interception last week and the unfortunate way it ended. I'm running as hard as I can. You hear, you hear the fan screaming. <laughs> You're running, you're running, and then all of a sudden I see things closing in. People are closing in. I'm like, I see the quarterback on my right eye. So I'm like, I can't outrun these guys just vertically, so I got to make a move. I got to cut back. But what I should have did is I should have gave him a hezzy little, ah, and then with a little step left, and then gone, and then gone right, instead of just veering to the right. But I'm going full speed. It's in the moment. I try to just go right. I try to get a little stiff on with the left, ah, and then got a good little wrap around my, my midsection, and then, and then just wrangling me down to my legs. Yeah. So, everybody, of course, on my phone talking about, oh, why do you let the quarterback tackle you? Oh, RC, how we let that happen? <laughs> Listen, as a man that was tackled by many quarterbacks in the NFL, it happens easily. Some of these <laughs> dudes are athletes. It's not like P.J. Walker has a dad bod. If Peyton Manning mm. tackles you, if, 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 if somebody like Tom Brady tackles you, then that's a bad thing. P.J. Walker is athletic. He's a dual threat type of guy and he should have cut it back much earlier you got to zigzag you got to weave you got to use the entire field when you aren't faster than the other dudes and if he wouldn't have tackled him Elijah Moore was going to get there anyway it's just that Fred is such an excellent athlete he expects more from himself than he should it's a great play PJ Walker's athletic such is life Let's go to Miami next for head coach Mike McDaniel. Warner got short, not short thrilled. Yeah, those are, uh, well, they have a name. Anyway, uh, they're not thrilled about the two questions Mike McDaniel was asked yesterday. Listen to what he said about it. There are some folks who believe that many quarterbacks <laughs> in this scheme with you as the coach with Tyreek and Jalen would excel and flourish. What, if any, pushback is there relative to Wait, no, no, hold on. Yeah, but the person's podium over. Um, <laughs> my my answer to that would would be who the f cares because it is a team, and I know one thing, I've coached stuff a long time. I haven't seen people do what our guys do. I'm not in, in any hurry to prove myself without those guys, and to try to say it's this person or that person is kind of missing the point. Yeah, don't don't try me on. <laughs> other players. I was not, I'm not trying to prove that. 
Uh, Dan, is Tua a system quarterback? Uh, ah, one, <laughs> that felt genuine for Mike McDaniel. Two, this is probably a reason why his players love him. Okay, so what's needed to be the most important things for Mike McDaniel's quarterback? Number one, you have to have great ball handling. Number two, you have to have an elite trigger. Number three, you have to see things before they happen. Number four, you have to have pinpoint accuracy. Number five, you have to have guts because you got to throw the ball before dudes are open. Those just so happen to be all the things that Tua excels at. Mm. Could other guys play in it? Sure. Not as well as Tua. And we got to stop spreading that narrative for not only him, but a bunch of quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, the accuracy is uncanny with Tua. And by the way, for the record, I do not think that Tua Tungabailoa is a system quarterback. Every quarterback is a system quarterback. There's all, there's all quarterbacks that are elevated because they're in the perfect system. Tua happens to be in the perfect place in Miami. Oh, boy. We love it. Um, all right, so they do play. Miami plays the Eagles on Sunday night. Some injuries to get to from this game. Adam Schefter's back with us there. What do we need to know? Let's start with Lane Johnson. We saw him limp off the field at the end of the Jets game with a sprained ankle, but he's trying to fight through it, and there's a real chance that Lane Johnson, against the odds, is going to be out there on Sunday night against the Dolphins, which will be a big boost to the Eagles' offense. They were not the same unit without him on Sunday once he went out of the game, but there's a real possibility he'll be back Sunday. As for Darius Slay, the Eagles' cornerback who missed Sunday's game against the Jets due to a knee injury, he is likely to be back out there. He practiced today, even with that knee injury, and I think the team is optimistic that it could have Slay back. They'll certainly need him against the Dolphins' wideouts on Thursday night or Sunday night. And Jalen Carter, the Eagles' defensive lineman, the outstanding rookie who missed Sunday's game against the Jets with a sprained ankle, also practiced today and is tracking to be able to play against this high-powered. Dolphins unit on Sunday night in Philadelphia. So it looks like they'll get back Carter. They'll get back Slay. They could get back Lane Johnson. And I think this is a very big game for the Philadelphia team that's coming off a loss last Sunday against the Jets, Laura. Some people are saying Super Bowl preview. I don't know. Feels a little early to me, but two really great I've been on that. Okay, cool, Dan. Uh, we are getting you ready for the start of week seven. We got a lot more coming your way here. On other games coming up Sunday, the Browns have dominated the defensive side of the ball. Dan and RC going to the touchscreen to tell you more about it. We're just a few hours away from Saints against Jags. We'll be right back. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
This Browns defense is great. This defense is the best defense that I've ever been a part of. And there is no help. It's just you and me. There's just no, no safe place for them to hide once that time comes. The Browns defense has held their opponents to 200.4 yards per game this season, which is 60 fewer yards than any other team has allowed. It's also the fewest yards that any team has allowed through their first five games of the season since the 1971 Baltimore Colts. Basically, you don't want to play this Browns defense. So, Dan, why have they been so dominant? We'll get our C in here as well. When they play man coverage and tie it to really their elite pass rusher, uh, the leverage that they play with in Miles Garrett is tremendous. I, I actually want to show people this at home. So you be the defender, and okay. this is why I want everyone to understand what leverage is, okay? People at home, you're the ball, okay? And so when we talk about, if I'm the receiver, Laura's going to play outside leverage, meaning she's on the outside of me. Again, the ball is here. The ball is here. She's playing on the outside of me. She's trying to restrict me from going outside. Now, if the ball is here, Laura's playing inside leverage on me. She's trying to restrict me from going inside, allowing me to the outside. And that's what the Browns do a really good him. job of. That, that's what leverage is. They're playing the proper leverage on a consistent basis. Now, this is down in the red zone, and they're going to try to get the ball to Christian McCaffrey. This is where the leverage shows up the most. Okay, the leverage is right here. These defenders are playing outside leverage on all three of those pass catchers. They're trying to restrict those guys from going outside and actually allow them to catch the ball on any type of in-breaking route. RC, talk Dan, to me about I these love, two guys. Though, that they're doing? What I – yeah, what I love that they're doing, if you look at the outside corners, now it's Greg Newsom who started in the slot and Mark Emerson Jr. to the top. They understand that deep in the red zone, the outbreaking cuts are going to be the most difficult for Brock Purdy to hit. So they understand with inside leverage, they can now do what's called a slip technique, which is slide under the outside wide receivers and undercut them, making Brock Purdy have to put a little air on those outbreaking routes. I love that. And this, if we just took this one-on-one -on -one matchup for itself McCaffrey's running what we call a Texas or an angle route and he's open you would say he beats the linebacker but that's not the case now why are those guys playing outside leverage because they have a safety who's going to drop down and be a help defender his job just have vision on the quarterback or any in-breaking route and you can drive on that because the reality is this this is a completion for the 49ers offense but it's not a first down because everyone played to that proper leverage they funneled the ball into the inside to that extra help defender now why does that matter when it comes to Miles Garrett okay Miles Garrett is going to be the edge rusher by himself right here okay that's what's the most important part of this with the rush okay Miles Garrett is here we have a defensive tackle here we always want to slide to Miles Garrett we're going to take the center and left guard and slide to that guy. Left tackle, one-on-one -on -one with Miles Garrett, okay? Now, here's the challenge. We actually want to go three-on-two. We want to go help with Miles Garrett. But that defensive tackle starts here and goes inside. What it does, he occupies both those guys. Mm. Now, Miles Garrett is one-on-one. -on -one. Look, the guard, he's actually getting his eyes there, but he's too late. That forces the ball clockwise to get out of Brock Purdy's hands. So that leverage attached to Miles Garrett is paramount. Here's another third down. You're going to see the ball get snapped. They go to that cheetah quick snap, and this is what's going to happen. RC, talk to me about these number one wide receivers, both at the bottom of the screen and, again, Ayuk at the top. So if you watch the San Francisco 49ers play football, they want to get in these condensed splits yeah. that get you an outside leverage by using those inside 
those inside releases, being able to push off of you and lean to give Brock Purdy those seams. If you watch the Cleveland Browns, though, so many people try to fight to get in there, and then they're allowed to adjust. They didn't do that. Both Emerson and Ward here, they stay outside, they play to their leverage, knowing there's a middle-of-the-field safety and also a robber in Dwan Thornhill. When you have those sorts of players in there with a guy like Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan that want to use those inside releases and those leverages, you have to stay tight to the upfield shoulder. Cleveland Browns did this perfectly the entire day. Again, there's the leverage that everyone's playing outside, and that's that drop-down safety that RC was talking about. That guy's job is to once again have vision on the ball. Who's an inbreaker? Where does he want to throw it to? That's that help defender. Those guys want to allow us as an offense to win to the middle of the field, never allow us outside, and then there's nowhere to throw the football to. That is playing elite man-to-man -man defense, but in the proper leverage of that outside shade. Now, again, why does that matter for that rush technique? Everything is, again, built around Miles Garrett. Now, Miles Garrett is going to do a speed rush. For us, that's going to force the quarterback, if he is going to get out over the top, quarterback naturally is going to have to climb the pocket. This is very strategic by the Cleveland Browns. They know they're going to play with that tight man coverage and that great leverage. Here's the thing. When Miles Garrett rushes on the outside and it forces Brock Purdy to climb, the Browns know that. They're going to take Zadarius Smith and run him this way. Everything now becomes about 54. They're going to say, okay, Brock Purdy, we know you have to climb the pocket. Zadarius, run through that guard. They're actually just going to slow play this, and they're going to force Brock Purdy to climb into the pocket right to that unblocked defender. That is absolutely spectacular when it comes to playing that man coverage, playing it with the desired and proper leverage to your help, and then tying it using Miles Garrett in many ways to force that rush and use it to either get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly or to get to that unblocked extra rusher with that pick game. Uh, Brock Purdy couldn't even see the defender coming there. Yeah. Like he's climbing up in the Naturally, pocket. Naturally, like I got to go and then you're and then going boom. to the unblocked. It's, it's very strategic. The other thing, Dan, that sticks out to me is you can play with that type of leverage if somebody's as fast as Miles Garrett. Totally. Like he's, the ball's got to come out. speed yeah. matter in Absolutely. this situation? Yeah, yeah, that's that the speed of the rush because the quarterback's going, I got to get the ball out of my hands, but no one's open. And when they are open, they're actually going to that extra uh, hold defender or help defender. Fascinating by both of you. Hey, that was cool. That worked. All right. The Browns defense also has allowed a QBR of seven when playing man coverage this season. That's the best in the NFL. Let's check in on the injury report with Adam Schefter. Adam, quarterback injuries have been the story this week. Let's start in Chicago. What do we know about Justin Fields? Laura, he didn't practice again yesterday. It is looking like he's not going to play on Sunday. It is looking like it'll be Tyson Bajan, the rookie undrafted free agent, starting for the Bears in place of Justin Fields, who has the dislocated thumb and cannot grip the football. And as long as he can't grip the football, he's not going to be playing. We'll see how long that lasts. Meanwhile, the Titans are on a bye week, but it may be a little while before we see Ryan Tannehill again. He had his ankle in a cast aggravated the same ankle that he had off-season surgery on. Now, he does not need surgery this time per Jeff Darlington. That's the good news, but it looks like he will miss a little bit of time. And Trevor Lawrence, as Ed Werder reported at the top of the show, is expected to play tonight, assuming that he gets through the pregame workout okay under the supervision of Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson and the Jaguars training staff. But they're operating right now as if Trevor Lawrence will be out there with the knee brace, We'll see how limited he is tonight. Tough assignment on a short week going into New Orleans to play inside against a very tough defense, Laura.
Great stuff, Adam. Thanks for being with us today with all the latest. Time now for a DraftKings Sportsbook same-game parlay. For that, we go to Ryan Clark. RC, over under 52.5 yards on the ground for Alvin Kamara tonight. You know, I'm going to go over, and here's why. They've made a concerted effort to get Alvin Kamara the ball since he's returned, and I believe that now he's starting to get into form. We haven't seen him be dynamic yet, but with Derek Carr being a little banged up, I expect him to be a huge part of the New Orleans Saints offense. Feels like a Kamara game for sure. Over under 54 and a half receiving yards for Calvin Ridley. You know what, I'm going to go over because when you think about what Calvin Ridley can do, he can move inside, he can play outside, and I expect this to be a game where they use the quicks to get the football out of Trevor Lawrence's hands because of that knee injury. Also, think about when you can get an opportunity to make an audible with an off defender on Calvin Ridley, you're going to want to get him the ball so we can get yards after the catch. I'm going to go over for Calvin Ridley. Let's talk defense for a minute. Over under half a sack for Cam Jordan tonight. You know what, I'm going to go under because he's only had half a sack in two games this year. Only one sack totaled on the entire year for Cam Jordan. And I expect with the Jacksonville Jaguars having to get the football out of Trevor Lawrence's hand, he won't have as much time to rush. rush. So I'm going to go under for Cam Jordan. All right, RC. Uh, by the way, I'm hearing that Adam Schefter has sneaky big Saints news. It's coming up later in the show. So don't go anywhere because you'll get that in just a little bit. Coming up, how how much has the Rams offense improved with Cooper Cup's return to action? Well, Dan has the answer for us. Don't miss it. It's next. Don't forget, on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code NFL Live when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Welcome to New Orleans. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
The ESPN Fantasy app includes insights from AI models built with IBM Watson X. It's expected to generate more than 48 billion insights over the course of this fantasy season, everything from boom and bust predictions to recommendations on players to pick up from the waiver wire. 48 billion! That's more than six insights for every person on the planet. You get an insight, and you get an insight. We're all getting insights. Raise your game with AI-generated insights built with IBM Watson X and the ESPN Fantasy app. The Sunday NFL Countdown crew has you covered for week 7, 10 a.m. Eastern. And then Scott Van Pelt and the Monday Night Countdown crew get you set for 49ers Vikings with a two-hour pregame show starting at 6 Eastern, both on ESPN and the app, and featuring Ryan Clark and Marcus Spears. Our show. All right, new on NFL Live. Look at this. Uh, Lions wide receiver Amonra St. Brown showed up to his media availability dressed as a leprechaun. Oh, because the USC. He lost, <laughs> he lost a bet, um, and that's what he had to do. So, I love, I mean, the leprechaun is taking it a whole nother level. Uh, Dan, do you ever lose one of these bets in the locker room like that? Uh, Anyone anyway, betting on UConn? It's UConn. We yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> It's we, we, we ain't playing enough good people. We never want to bet about football. <laughs> Wait. So, yeah, like, so basically, RC was, Dan never, never bet. I actually, I actually owe no JJ Reddick because UConn and Duke played basketball or football. See, uh, played football about a couple weeks ago, and Duke whooped up on UConn. I actually have to wear a Duke hat, and I hate Duke. When is that? I have to wear. I hit JJ. Order me the hat. You have way more money than me. All right, let's. Um, we're gonna follow up on that one. RC, you That's ever lose true. one of those bets? Hooper. LSU bet or anything like that? Yeah, I lost. You know, I, I lost a couple of bets. Um, I wouldn't ever bet money or bet that I do something crazy. I lost a bet to Max Starks, who went to the University of Florida, and he gave me one of those those hairy hat thingies that were like blue and orange, and I had to wear it for my media availability. Um, I never really made a bet after that, though. Yeah, um, I think the reality here is I've set myself up because I'm the one who actually lost the worst bet. Um, oh, you did it on the show. Yeah, I had to wear yes. the tiger mask last <laughs> yes. year because Florida lost to LSU. Again. <laughs> anyway, enough of that. Um, let's see what's on hat. trend around the league, guys. We begin with the Chargers, whose defense has struggled this season, especially when it comes to defending the pass. L.A. has allowed eight and a half yards per pass attempt second worst in the NFL ahead of only the Broncos. A significant reason for that has been their lack of pass rush as the Chargers have pressured opposing quarterbacks at the third of lowest rate in the NFL. Not getting any pressure there. RC, do you expect that trend to continue on Sunday against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? You know what? I do expect that trend to continue. When you look at this team, other than the six-sack game that we saw from Khalil Mack against Aiden O'Connell of the Las Vegas Raiders, they haven't been able to generate pressure. And even from the linebacker position, when adding to the blitz, they aren't a team that's dynamic. If it wasn't for Morgan Fox, who is a backup, who has five sacks on this year, those numbers would be even lower. They have to figure out how to get tighter coverage on the back end, which will give some of these rushers a little bit more time to get there. But where is Joey Bosa, mm. once one of the best players in the entire NFL, seems to be absent. Yeah, let's stay in L.A. with the Rams this time. Cooper Cup missed the first four games of the season, but over the last two weeks, Cup and Matthew Stafford have picked up right where they left off. Cup's racked up more than 100 yards in both of his games since returning. When targeting Cup, Stafford has a QBR over 90. That trend continue, you think, Dan, this week against the Steelers? I do, because the release patterns between him and Puka Nukua are so good. I love the fact that they're placing those guys basically next to each other and allowing the release patterns to matter. So Cooper's inside. That's Puka in the slot. He's going to release inside. Excuse me, Cooper's going to release outside. 
they go from separated to stacked. Now the defense doesn't really know who's going to go deep, who's going to go short. Puka clears those two guys out as Cooper gets into the, like, the smoke trails, the contrails of his stem. Look how wide open he is on an easy out route. Those guys went from separated to stacked to separated again. It's all because of that pattern stem release. Now this one, the defense is going to do a really good job on. Again, Cooper's at the number three, Puka's in the slot. He's going to go inside, Cooper's going to go outside. The defense does a good job. He's going to get underneath the hip as that pick is trying to happen. This is what I love about Cooper. Don't allow the defense to determine how deep the route is. Gets contacted the 49, sets him at the other 48, gets three yards more of depth, and that depth allows him to get out in front of that defender. The, the release patterns that those two guys have, because what you've done is you've taken a really smart coach in Sean McVay, really smart quarterback in Matthew Stafford, two really smart players, and it forces the defense to play with such questions of who's going deep, short, in, or out. Mm. When those guys are together, it's really good in their pass game right now. Yeah, I love it. Give Puka some credit, too, because he no does a ton of it. All right, new on NFL Live. Let's get to this. Giants reporter Jordan Renan says Saquon Barkley makes it very clear. The trade deadline is at the end of this month, as we've told you. Halloween, quote, Saquon saying, everyone knows how I feel. Everyone knows I don't want to be traded. He mentions it's out of his control anyway, but either way, Saquon saying he wants to stay in New York. We'll keep an eye on that one next on NFL Live. Week 7 kicks off tonight. Down in the bayou, will Trevor Lawrence be suiting up for the Jags as they take on a tough Saints defense? We've been told that is the plan. How does it affect everything? We'll pick the game and more next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Look at this. Week 7 kicks off in just a couple of hours. 8-15 is the start of this game. The Jacksonville Jaguars at the New Orleans Saints. Look at the fans out there. It's always a party in New Orleans, okay? Let's just take some of this in. I like the little guy's hat. Oh, man. All right. Well, Adam, you're fun, too, so let's bring you back in here. She says little guy <laughs> and Shefty shows up. Jeez. Stop. I was talking about the kid. Okay, <laughs> what more can you tell us, Adam, about Trevor Lawrence's status for tonight's game in New Orleans? He's dealing with that left knee injury. Well, as Edward reported at the top of the show, the Jaguars are operating under the assumption that Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to go tonight. That's the expectation. They want to see him pregame in warm-ups with the supervision of coaches and doctors before they sign off on him going out there. But that is the sense right now that he will be starting. And there are some other notable injuries tonight. Zay Jones already ruled out. The Saints will be without a pair of offensive linemen. Ryan Ramchick and James Hurst. Ramchick concussion. Hurst has an ankle. Jamal Williams 
activated a short time ago. He will play tonight, and it looks like Demario Davis won't go, even though he is listed as questionable, Laura. Ooh, interesting. All right, all the latest there right up to kickoff. Thanks to Adam. Let's give some love to the Jaguars' defense, which has quietly been one of the best in the NFL this season. Jacksonville ranks third in the NFL in defensive efficiency, trailing only the Browns and Ravens. We just talked earlier on the show about how great Cleveland's been. A significant reason for that has been the Jaguars' ability to force turnovers as they lead the NFL with 15 takeaways. RC, in your mind, what's the strength of this Jags D? You know what, I think it starts up front when you look at what Trayvon Walker has become, but more importantly, Josh Allen. Josh Allen is showing why he was drafted so high out of Kentucky a few years back. Also on the back end, I believe Andre Sisco, a guy that came out of Syracuse as an absolute ball hawk, is starting to show some of those things. And think about what we've seen from Darius Williams this year as well with a guy like Tyson Campbell locking up on the outside. It starts with this rush, also the ability to bring pressure from the secondary. I think the pressure they put on the quarterback and then being able to capitalize with ball hawks on the back end is a huge reason why this defense continues to ascend. Totally agree, RC, and I think tonight it's even more paramount because the Saints offensive line has struggled and they're now playing with two backup tackles. The five-man front that the Jags presents is so challenging. Five guys at the line of scrimmage. So often, which one of the five are going to be the pressure? Four off of the right come off of that five-man front. One of those defensive end outside linebackers drops back, and as a quarterback, you sit there and go, I got a completion. No, those windows are so much smaller. So they go five-man front, four-man rush. There's that same five-man front. Last time we saw it, we got a four-man rush. This time we see it, it's only a three-man rush. That means eight in coverage. Again, those windows are so much more condensed. So we went five and four, five and three. Now this is a five-man front, but the linebackers walked up inside. He pressures. Another edge defender drops, and they're going to play a drop-down carry coverage. There's one of those interceptions that you almost talked about, RC. Here's that five-man front presentation again. Four-man rush. Trayvon Walker is so good when it comes to dropping with depth because he's so long. Gardner Minshew tries to throw that ball over his head. It floats. There's one of those interceptions that RC was talking about. That's huge tonight. The five-man front presentation, not only to confuse the quarterback, Derek Carr, but those offensive linemen. Who, who's, who are those of those five are actually going to be rushing? Which one is dropping? Where does the help go? It's two a huge out, for tonight. Yeah, it's, you're making those offensive linemen think a ton. I can't tell if he's frozen. Oh, me. Right. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think the best part about this defense, though, is its young core. When you look at some of these guys, when you start at Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker on the back end with Andre Sisco, Tyson Campbell at the corner, yeah. this team is extremely young. You draft a backer last year, bring over one to Luakon from the Atlanta Falcons. Everything that they're doing with their core players is about a youth resurgence. And when you can get youth to play at a high level, that means the future is even brighter than the present. RC was like me when they used to call on us in, in math class, like, ooh, no, it's me. Okay. You don't like math? <laughs> I'm terrible at math. Time to get some truly hard seltzer game picks. And for this one, we're going to pop the picks up on the screen. It looks like Ryan's the only one going with the Saints here. Dan and I on the Jaguars. Ryan, why is that? Because of that belly. Well, because I live 45 minutes from New Orleans, and I think I might be going down there to get some food tomorrow. And so if I go down there and they lose, I can be like, but hey, guys, I was riding with you. And then if they win, they're going to be like, way to stick with the home team. Now, I think it's a very difficult place to play in New Orleans. They play 
defensively, man-to-man, it's difficult for Trevor Lawrence. And him being hampered and banged up, I believe, plays a part in the result tonight. Hey, that's a great reason for a pick. Time for one more thing before we go, guys. Raiders owner Mark Davis also owns the Las Vegas Aces, who won the WNBA Yay. title last night. Mm. Davis got out go and boogie Mark. with them. Go, Mark. Get it. Go, Mark. Oh, yeah. Boogie. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm. A boogie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Uh -huh. the, I see the you, Mark. Bit there. Ooh. Go, Mark. <laughs> Ooh. Where's his barber, though? Is Mark's barber there? Got to get the fresh cut Apparently, from the barber, Mark. I've been told snip, it's an snip, expensive haircut. Mm. White folks, can snip, we snip, stop snip. doing this mm. as a dance and this as a dance? Can no. we... Can we no, move that's past the 1970s? That's what they know. Hey, no, that's what they know. Just you move guys. your hands. I cannot yeah. believe you found that. <laughs> Thanks it's a lot. You know what? It's the same. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't talking about Holly Berry. <laughs> Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.